One Word is a production of BFAC On Air. Welcome back, everyone, to Heidi, hi. One Word. <laughs> what? Do you like my Heidi High? You said Heidi High. Yeah. You got a lot of great things. Today one I word. said one word. One word. <laughs> Today I said chat it up. Hey. That's great. That's like Let's 90. chat it up, guys. Let's chat it up. You remember we used to say that all the time. There were the a lot nine. of things we used to say in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad but that you, they're not. I'm glad they're not. Did you ever say transformation in the 90s? Um, I had a way better segue than that. <laughs> <laughs> but you've transformed since then. Uh, did you that is better. Transformation? <laughs> Our word for this uh, month is transformation, as Chloe has just I uh, beat you to the punch, Clara. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you know what I kept thinking of when what? we were talking about transformation? This is stupid, okay? I'm just saying that. Mm, I kept I looking it. at myself on on the screen and thinking, I have transformed from a cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> We've morphed. <laughs> We've become real. You've transformed into Taylor Swift. I have. You, uh, don't, like you it. don't have bangs anymore. They're just hidden. Don't worry. Don't oh. you worry. They'll be back someday. <laughs> and people were worried. I know they were. Did you get a lot of call-ins? No, no. Emails. emails. You can email us. From our mail listeners. Yeah. <laughs> One word at BataviaFineArtsCenter.org. And that's spelled C-N-T-R-E because, because we're, we're fancy. fancy. That is nice correct. Job. Yeah. Well, we had a super interesting episode we today. Did. One Here. of the things that we talked about that I just loved was how transformation is often positive, but not always. We've, we had some personal stories and some literary examples of how, you know, Transformation yeah. can be a good thing and a bad thing. I think we didn't talk maybe enough about the positive and negative types mm -hmm. of transformation or the types of transformation we're either thrown into mm. or, you know, we talked about the rational thought uh, element and how we, we try to make rational thoughts in, in, in our lives and how it's not always possible when you're talking about a transformative experience. Um, but we also there are also transformative experiences that happen to us because they are thrust upon us. Yeah. We have absolutely no choice no in this choice. matter. And you are put into this experience that is going to change your point of view. Uh, and it is also going to give you information, knowledge, etc., that you would not have gained without being in that. Yeah. And even though I feel like those are definitely the hardest trans transformations, mm -hmm. but also the ones that you realize kind of matter the most sometimes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because you don't... We always want to be in control, I think, as humans. We want to be in control of ourselves, of our fate, of, our, of what's going on in our lives. And I think at moments like that, we are, con we are convinced, hopefully that we're not in control all yeah. the time and that we're kind of in this place together and what one person does can transform another whether they know it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the kinds of, you know, transformations we talked about went from like the like geometric transformations yeah. like a dilation to um the kinds of transformations Dominic talked about which are epistemic, yeah. which is a word that we all knew before. Duh. This we episode, for sure knew it. And personal which we also knew that one. Yeah, we definitely... That, <laughs> that was one, one was, we did It know. was a little harder, but we did know that one also. <laughs> personal, yeah. You didn't quite get what personal was, yeah. really. So, 
That's okay. We also hit on uh, New Year's resolutions, and we did. Yeah, we did. Um, have you all made your? Have, are you making New Year's resolutions? I'm making nobody's year? New we Year's t- resolution. Oh, all right, that's great. Oh, yeah, I was oh. forceful about it too. Yeah. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy, happy New, New Year, year. twenty twenty three. Going to throw up, snap doodles. But we did. We talked about New Year's resolutions. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be. Great. I and did they, a word association thing, and one of the words was graduation. And like three of the people put scary. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Sorry. Well, sometimes transformation can be scary. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Well, but New Year's resolutions go back way farther than I think. Yeah. People. So far. Yeah. I didn't know they went back that far them. at all. Yeah. I might expect them to have gone. I thought it was interesting the percentages that you gave about New Year's resolutions. Uh, yeah. I ain't going to say them. I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> uh, that's okay. I ain't going to say it. You can I, talk any way you want. I ain't saying nothing. What I nobody. find interesting, I found the one, I, I'm not going to give it away too much, but I will just say that Americans do more New Year's resolutions than a European country. And I wonder partly if that is because of the types of New Year's resolutions we're referring to and they're more kind of oriented inward towards self and Americans tend to be like consuming things all about self. Like it's just, it, it's more about us than others sometimes. So I wonder if that's part of the reason, mm-hmm. the why on, on that. You'll have to listen and make the decision for yourself, listeners. Well, that's right. Well, let's let them listen then, shall we? We yes. shall. Let's right. let you listen. Let's let you listen. You listen up now. Yeah. And if you don't, Jenna you is going to come over here. Yeah. Where's the camera? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Carol, I'm not going to listen to you. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> it's not in you today. It's not in me. Jerome's not. I can't. Okay, that's fine. That's cool. I don't have that transformation um, right now. I just have one word for you. Transformation. <laughs> Okay, so to transform is a verb that comes from the mid-14th century, and it means to change form of, and that comes from an old French transformer, and also from the Latin transformer, which means to change in shape. Change in shape. Mm. Mm -hmm. So let's start with a geometrical... Did I say that right? Is that a word? You can just say geometric. Yeah. A geometric transformation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, because we th- we do think about transformation, I think, in terms of a living being most of the time. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I would too. But there are other kinds of transformations that we actively use in the world. What is a geometric transformation? So this is a little bit of my expertise (laughs) there are many different types of ways like that you can apply a transformation to a shape on a coordinate plane you can do a dilation which could make it bigger or smaller you could do a translation which just like moves it across the space Mm -hmm. you could do a reflection that kind of like takes it and flips it um and in order to like do all those things you have to like add like numbers and like stuff to the formula Okay, so you're at, so there's a formula, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, is the formula. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I was never a. a any you were kind not of, a no. geometry TA. I was nothing. No, <laughs> none of those things. Um, I saw that face. 
the listeners can't see the face. Uh, The watchers can't. So the formula is kind of the base. Yeah. And then you add something to that formula, Mm -hmm. and that is then what transforms it into one of those different categories that you mentioned there. I think at its essence, that's the same thing that happens with humanity, right? We are, we're, we're a person. Yes. And then we have a life and an existence to us that is our past experiences. But then you add to it something and all of a sudden there is the, I'm going to use the word potential for Hey. Is it September? Potential. <laughs> Potential we for time tra- transformation. If y'all right. haven't listened to our September episode, <laughs> Potential. Give that a listen. Uh, there's the potential for transformation. And we'll talk a little bit about that later, why I use the word potential for transformation. Okay. Um, by adding another experience or thing to your life. Yeah, I think in the sense like transformation is kind of a crossroads. Yeah. There's something added to whatever situation you're in, something new is added and there has to be a change. Sorry, Mike. (laughs) There has to be a change and you have to decide how you're letting that new thing affect you, how you're letting it transform you. What are we, are we taught about transformations in any way? Do you, can you remember like being young? Caterpillars. 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 So how are we taught about transformations when we're younger In, in different ways? So that's a scientific way that we're taught about transformation, right? The caterpillar uh, goes into a chrysalis. Is that right? Am I Mm -hmm. using the right language? And then from there, they emerge a beautiful Beautiful butterfly. butterfly. So there we go, right there, that beautiful butterfly. We are taught that there is a beauty in transformation. Any other ways we can remember uh, studying, learning about, reading about different transformations, uh, either as young as we are little in, in kindergarten or as old as we are now? The first thing that comes to mind for me is yeah. like biblical stories of transformation. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I come from a Christian family mm-hmm. and I went to like Christian private school. Um, so I was taught like from a young age about like Jesus um, transforming the fish and the loaves to mm-hmm. feed the 5,000 and like turning water into wine. And so like transformation was seen sort of as like a miracle. Again, Mm -hmm. I think that'd be considered a positive thing. Yeah. Transformers. Sorry. Transformers. Um, cars into robots. Yeah. Cars into robot people. That is transformation. What about children's stories? Are there any children's stories? Um, the swan. Yeah. The ugly duckling. The, the ugly duckling. Oh, the ugly duckling. I'm, I'm going to go with what Chloe said. what you said. were fishing for? <laughs> what did Chloe and say? She said the ugly duckling. You said the swan. The <laughs> swan. Yeah. So, I Chloe, did say it just what like is this, just the brief abridged version? What is the story of the ugly duckling? Well, the story of the ugly duckling, as far as I remember, is there's this litter litter group <laughs> family what are of duckling? what are ducklings called in i a know group? for geese it's a gaggle of it is a gaggle of geese it's a geese. it's a family of ducklings <laughs> and there's all these ducklings and then there's the last the youngest duckling who's the ugly one the most and common of, term by the way is a brood a brood, a brood. Yeah. i don't like that i like family um <laughs> so in this family of ducklings like the youngest duckling the ugly duckling is always made fun of by his little siblings Mm-hmm. And then as they all get older and their feathers start to change, the ugly duckling ends up becoming the most beautiful swan. Yeah. Or duck. 
No, swan. 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 But that's yeah. the whole point of the story. But ducks don't turn into swans. No, he was adopted. Yeah. He oh, wasn't that's actually the story. <laughs> he was a he, he was, was a, swan. a swan. He was a swan baby, and that's they why he made, was different. Yeah. But then he was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Again, once again, a very positive connotation there, right? That this transformation occurs and Everything is great. Everything is amazing. Everything is positive. The world is a better place because of that transformation. There was a definition that I read, and I don't remember where it was from, but it said a complete change in the appearance or character of something or someone, especially so that that thing or person is improved. Mm. I think often it is, yeah. Yeah. But Chloe, we were talking about in literature transformations, and it seemed like a lot of those transformations ended up being like very negative, like they were almost like punishments. Well, it's interesting when I looked into it a little bit and I looked at like classic literature's transformations, Mm -hmm. when it was an emotional transformation, it was more likely to be positive when you see things like A Christmas Carol and it's just like the character's journey over the course of the story. However, physical transformations were more likely to be negative and like punishments, especially in the case of women. Two classic examples of this I found were... um, Lamia by John Keats, which is a story about a woman who becomes this like baby eating monster. And also we've got Metamorphosis by Kafka. And that's the story of a man turning into a cockroach. Cockroach. But also improvement, (laughs) don't you? Oh boy. (laughs) Men are roaches. Men are roaches in general. Nothing changed. As also though, in like folklore, like in Greek mythology, there's like several aspects with like Medusa and um, Arachne of women Dishonoring the gods and then being turned into monsters. So, all right. Also, Ariel yeah. turning into a human. Ariel well, does turn into a human. That too. was not a positive one. That was not that, positive? It is positive. She should have stayed a human. No, it's for love. It's what she wanted. It's oh, for right. love. Okay. <laughs> Jenna thinks she's abandoning her true self by becoming a human. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. She's yeah. not. She always loved the humans. Well, Okay. <laughs> You're right. Was it love or infatuation? Infatuation. No, infatuation is not over her entire childhood into her teenage like Maybe life. This is that's a true. Like she, she was infatuated with Eric. She wasn't <laughs> she, infatuated with humans that's in general. True. You're right. Yeah. You're right. She was infatuated with Eric, but the human thing. She that she was just loved always for a while. Yeah. 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 Okay, so <laughs> Back I'm going to keep this on, on this Forget transformation. Okay. We're talking about the Little Mermaid. Yeah. So there are different types of transformations. Okay. Okay. What, what are they? And uh, let me get to that in a second. Okay, sorry. So, Slow your roll. So there is a, there's, a, there's a guy, his name, L.A. Paul. L.A. Paul? L period A. period Paul. Is he and from L.A.? Uni- no. University of North Carolina. Is there also a New Carolina. York Paul? At Chapel Hill. Luther Allen. Uh, we could just make up what L.A. stands for if okay. you wanted to. Luther okay. Allen. All right. But what, uh, what he says is to count as a transformative experience, something must be both epistemically and personally transformative. That sounds good. I know what, what epistemically. epistemically I think you should describe it f- <laughs> so what they know what it yeah, means. We, yes. I definitely know what it is. The so listeners at home might be wondering. They and, probably want to know. An epistemic transformation. And I don't I know quote, what it means. It's an experience that teaches a person something they could not have learned without having that experience. Of okay. course. Right, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course, right? So that's the epistemic 
transformation. It's something that without going through that experience, you would never have learned that skill or ability or thing about yourself, okay? The personally transformative one is something that changes a person's point of view on fundamental preferences. Okay. Okay. What? I'm thinking because what you just said reminded me of something like yeah. the first one you said the mm-hmm. epistemic the epistemic one was like reminding me of an experience I had. But then when you talked about the personal one, I was like, maybe that's what that was. Hmm. Oh. So like, well, but it, do you, do you want to share it? This experience? Yeah. Yes. Okay, go ahead. And <laughs> Chloe, do you think you could predict what it is? I have a guess, but I don't want to guess. You guess. just tell it. <laughs> it's Cohen. Okay, there's this, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this guy that I met over the summer, mm-hmm. and he, like, I just, like, I met him because I saw him in a Jewel Osco, and I thought he was cute, so I put my number on well, his car. Well, I convinced her for, like, 30 minutes, and then yeah. she put her <laughs> number on And then on I put car. my number on his car, and we ended up talking. On and his car? It yeah. was really cute. Because he pulled into the thing at the same time as us. Okay. And I met this guy, and he, like, it's just, like, like he's like, he's just the most interesting person in the world. Like I want to study him under a microscope because mm-hmm. it's just like the perspective that he had was like so interesting because he um, was out of high school, but not in college. Like he decided instead of going to college, he wanted to travel. So he'd done so many things, like worked so many places. Like he's lived in like Colorado, in Arizona, in California mm-hmm. on about like on a bamboo farm. Like he was just so interesting to me and his perspective on things was just something that I'd never like heard before and so like after talking to him like there are things that like Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about that I don't feel like I like would have realized without talking to him like he like would like ask me about like myself and like what I wanted for my future and I would like say like oh I want to do this but I don't know if I could do that and like after like I've I said that like three different times he was like you're the one like putting the limits on yourself and I was like you're so right. I so am. So that changed your point of view. I think yeah, it is. I think, I think what you've just described is a true transformative experience because you, uh, it, it puts you, that experience, you would not have learned that thing about yourself if you had not been put through that experience. And it also changed your point of view. It's just like his perspective because I'd never mm-hmm. like talked to like someone who was like, not who hadn't been in college and was like loving their life like that. And also just like after, after that, I was like, what kind of path do I want to go on? Because like, I'd always just assumed I would like, and you started thinking and analyzing and what, yes, that is a truly transformative experience. Okay. So it has to have both of those things. What's that first one called? Epistemic. Oh, good job. Epistemic and personal. Okay. Let's have other examples of, truly epistemic uh, transformation, okay? They can be simple. Think about your lives from infancy through now. Done. Got it? Yep. In my mind, ready. Think about, or perhaps you can't remember this time in your life, but think about what it would be like if you never tasted an orange. I actually, this is strange that you Mm -hmm. mentioned this, I didn't like oranges for a really long time, mm-hmm. but I just never ate oranges. And this also happened with ketchup. For a really long time, I was like, I don't like this. And then I didn't eat it for years. Mm-hmm. And then I tried it. And I was like, this is good. Right. So that right there is an epistemic transformation. It's something that you cannot really know about until you've gone through that experience. Okay. Seeing a color for the first time. 
okay? Hearing a sound for the very first time. All epistemic examples, okay? Personal transformations, those personally transformative experiences, taking college courses, and then a lot of arts things. Reading a book can change your point of view. Mm -hmm. Seeing a show, viewing a piece of art can change your point of view. Examples where both things are happening, besides Clara's, of course. Becoming a parent, fighting a war, religious uh, conversion, going to college, embarking on a career. Those are examples where you're, you've got both of those things that are happening there. That makes sense. Well, and when you were talking about those, I was thinking about, well, I'm looking at your list right now. Yeah. I'm not a parent. <laughs> Never <laughs> fought in the war. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about the religious conversion yeah. and I was thinking about how true that is and how mm-hmm. when you're thinking about just that transformation too and, and with the different definitions we talked about of um, like it changing you. But one thing I was thinking about is that like when you're having any of these transformations, it's not, this is something I talked to you about earlier, yeah. I think. It's not just a like, boom, this happened moment. Right. It's almost like this journey, you yeah. know, where it's like, even with being a parent, like you're not just, boom, suddenly transformed to a parent. You know everything. It's well, like that's this exactly step what happens. I just want you to know. Oh, when right. you become a parent, <laughs> automatically you know everything. Yeah. Right? No. But it's like this process of, you're almost like continually changing. There's no timeline on transformation, yeah. I think is what, and what you you're have saying. To keep, and, and I think too, you have to just keep putting in that, um, I wanted to say time and effort, like, well, that too, but like, you have to have that continual desire to want that thing and to want that transformation and change to continue in you Mm -hmm. because you probably see it as making your life better and, and being better than what was before. And that's kind of where that potentiality comes back in that we talked about in September Mm -hmm. and why I used the word potential when I was talking about transformation, because it's, In order to be a truly transformative experience, we not only have to add that other information, like to that formula to transform in geometry, we have to have both the epistemic and the personal. We can't just go through the the experience. It also has to change our point of view. It has to do both of those things. Now, Some of the things that do both of those types of things, for example, embarking on a career or a career change, sometimes we have rational thought that comes into play with those things. Here's the problem with the rational thought and going into a potentially transformative experience. There are three problems with rational thought. One is an informed choice, okay? We like as humans to make informed choices, right? Okay, I have this new job offer and I'm gonna make a list. These are the pros, these are the cons, or I'm gonna seek information from my friends and we're gonna talk this out and we're gonna make the best decision for me. Well, if it's gonna be an epistemic transformation, you can't know what it's gonna do to you until you've gone through with it. I have a story. Yeah, go. Okay. So I used to, I think I've told you, I used to work at a place called Mooseheart. Yes. Um, the, uh, it's a residential place. And so I lived in the house with 
little kids, they just sits in under for 12 years. So I absolutely loved it. It was fabulous. But realized, okay, it's time for me to move on. Mm-hmm. I went back to school for video production um, and then got a job in marketing at this place. And I was so excited for it. I was like, this is like my mm-hmm. adult big girl job. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> wonderful. I have my own apartment for the first time. And it was the worst time of my life. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, it was absolutely terrible. The environment was awful. The job was not what I thought that it yeah. was. Um, like, there was sexual harassment that was happening in the place. Wow. Like, around, like, it was just terrible. And so... This sounds like a negative transformation. This was definitely a negative transformation. We were talking how transformations aren't always positive. Right. right? And I was so excited. Like I had all these ideas of Mm -hmm. like what this job is going to do for me. And it like definitely did not. It kind of like took me back a little bit. So then I like everybody, everybody in my department was getting out of there. (laughs) Um, Abandoning ship. Yeah. So got this other job and a great educational place where I was again doing stuff in marketing got there was like okay this is gonna be great like this the whole work environment mm-hmm. seems a lot different seems a lot healthier it's gonna be wonderful yeah. and it was a lot healthier but what i realized is that i am not good in that environment <laughs> so i really struggled with my focus my like getting things done the way it's supposed right. to be done sitting at a desk job for that long and realized like this is a great environment, but this is not where Jennifer Carpenter thrives. So two things I got out of that. First of all, truly a transformative experience because you wouldn't have gotten that without being in the experience. Yeah. And it changed your point of view. You realized something about yourself. Mm-hmm. I, you can't be in that kind of environment. Oh, yeah. Right? And the informed choice element we were talking about it's you couldn't have made that decision for yourself without going through that right. experience. Yeah, because and in in my brain, I thought mm-hmm. like, well, again, this is an adult job, so, you know, like sitting right. at a desk working at things. And there are people who are like the other people who were there were so great at their jobs yeah. and like doing that stuff. I'm like, all right, I just got to I just got to do it. I just got to do it. And then it wasn't like my boss and I had this like real genuine heart-to-heart about things, which I'm so thankful that we did. And we just, you know, one thing that he said was like, you have all these like passions and things that like the parts of this job that you're doing really well at Mm -hmm. are like, you know, the creative type things. He's like, why don't you try to pursue that? So it's almost, it was almost like looking in a mirror too of like, okay, this is what I feel like I see about myself, but I needed something to kind of show me that a little right. bit more. Yeah. This isn't strictly about informed choices, but I feel like I need to say it. Go. Because uh, I'm struggling concentrating because I'm just thinking about this thing. Yeah. But I think that like as people, we are designed to be constantly transforming. And because oh. things are constantly happening yeah. to us, especially like in our life right now. Like, But I think that like that is how humans are designed. Even when you're yes. in like a period in your life where things aren't necessarily changing, you should still be taking people and experiences that you have and using them to evolve every single chance you get. Well, I think no matter what, there is continual transformation that is occurring, whether it is epistemic or personal, it's constantly happening. The only way it's not a, a, uh, you know, a truly transformative experience is if it's not both of them, but we're always, we're always tasting the orange for the first time in a day. You know, we're always 
we're always perhaps, and maybe we're not, and that's part of the issue with the world today. Our point of view might change when this happens or that happens. But sometimes people, I guess, don't necessarily allow their point of view to be changed because they just dig their heels in and go with it. Taking new things in stride and using new experiences and different experiences that you might not agree with or different viewpoints is like what humanity is about. It's growing and understanding each other. It really is. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and what's that one saying? It's a little cliche, but like, if you're not changing, you're not growing. Right. And so that really is like, if you think about it, like if you're, you're not transforming, if you're not, if you're not Mm -hmm. experiencing that, then like, yeah, you are purposely putting yourself in a spot where you aren't going to change. Let's get to the second problem with informed choice, because I think we're, we're dancing all around it now. Right. We got 99 problems. Preferences. We have conflicting preferences. If something is truly transformative, to a, a, truly a transformative experience, our preferences are going to change after the experience. Yeah, yeah. So what you might choose now, based on what you know of your preferences today. Like ketchup. Mm-hmm. Like ketchup. Like ketchup. Boy, that was a revelation. I'm a ketchup fiend now, right? by the way. Okay, great. Uh, what? You just don't put it on pasta. No, I wouldn't okay, do that. Great. Or hot dogs. What? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know people, Chicago hot dogs, you're not supposed to have ketchup. Mike, I like hot dog, ketchup, and mustard. That's what I do. I Don't like, roll I your like eyes, all the Jenna. stuff on. Well, I'm a vegetarian, but <laughs> you eat hot dogs all the time. Portillo's has garden dogs now. I eat those. Oh, yeah. Right. And Good also job. meat hot dogs. Constantly. <laughs> Don't tell them that. We are on the air, Clara. Oh, <laughs> be back on air. Yes, it is. It's not a lie. Sorry. Okay. Um, and then the, the third with this, it's similar to the preference one. It's there's different selves. Basically, after the transformative experience, you are going to have a different self. You are going to be a slightly different person. You're going to be a reflection, maybe, like in geometry, right? I'm doing this to Clara right here because she's right in front of me. Uh, or what's the other kind in geometry? What's Dilation. It's like bigger or smaller. Right? So you, there's just different variations of that transformative experience changes you to a point where you have a different self. And so you couldn't make that informed choice. That rational thought is really difficult when it comes to transformative experiences. I think that is one thing that makes like making decisions so scary. How are you going like, to know? Exactly. Like, I, and nothing that we decide now is like set in stone forever. But yes, in it is some- your whole life forever. <laughs> forever decisions we're making are like very big impactful decisions and so many things are going to change that it's hard to know what is the right choice to make for a future self that doesn't even exist yet so if we're at a time of year where we try to impose a transformation Mm -hmm. upon ourselves do we know what i'm talking what i'm referencing resolution (laughs) new year's so if we're at a point where we're trying to determine and make a New Year's resolution to transform ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, what's some history on New Year's resolution? What do we know about New Year's resolution? Does anyone? Uh, I know that there's a statistic that like most of them are abandoned really quickly. Oh, yeah. I've got, you want to go to statistics? I've got statistics. <laughs> oh, okay. Right? okay. I'm all about statistics. Oh, yeah, you're all about statistics. <laughs> you guys know me. Yeah. So... <laughs> First of all, the amount of people that make New Year's resolutions in the United States, 40%. Okay. Okay? 
uh, UK is 22%. It's my lucky number. Says twenty-two is okay. Well, New Year's is really, really big in Spain. Do they make New Year's resolutions there? Do you have anything on that? I don't have anything on that today. I've got a history of New Year's resolutions I can share with you. And then eighty percent break it by the first week of February. Mm -hmm. So a couple weeks here, folks. Your New Year's resolutions are done, and only eight percent are successful. Snap! With their New Year's resolution. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I have a smidge of history about yeah. New Year's resolutions. Oh, okay, so it actually started, or people believe it started with the Babylonian. 4,000 years ago. 4,000 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that? I know the voice. Four score. Four, four score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, they were, um, so it kind of started with them um, where they would during this 12 day. Do you know this? I, I do. Yeah. Oh. Do you well, want to share? No, I want oh, you okay. to share. So during this like huge 12-day religious festival known as Akitu. Akitu. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but. <laughs> they crowned a new king uh, or reaffirmed their or loyalty. Or pledged loyalty to the yeah, old king. Yeah, to the old king. Um, and they also made promises to the gods to pay their debts and return any objects that they had borrowed. Right. Okay. So, and it all revolved around like the, the planting season. So this actually took place in that March-ish time frame. Okay. It was not January as your New Year's resolution until Julius Caesar and the Romans and when they protect. and yes when they set up the new calendar and that was in uh, like forty six I believe. What's interesting to me about that is that it was a promise. Like now yes. resolutions are just kind of like oh I hope to be better I this hope. year but that was like yeah. a well, promise and, and then there was like. There was, you know, if, if you kept your promise, the gods would favor you over the next year. Mm. If you did not keep your promise. Coal for Christmas. <laughs> yes. That's right. Coal for Christmas. Uh, you, were in the, you were not in the gods' good favor, and bad things would actually happen to you. Uh, by the way, that was 46 B.C. that uh, the Romans did that. Okay. Um, and it was January 1st. And that date honored... Janus, a two-faced god who symbolically looked back to the previous year yeah. and also forward to the new year. And the Romans also made promises of good behavior. Do you, uh, do you make typically, promises? do you make promises that you don't intend to keep? I don't. Oh, good. Um, do I promise. <laughs> <laughs> do you make New Year's resolutions? I typically don't make New Year's resolutions. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I don't. Do, Do you? you? I used to when I was little, but in like a way where it'd what be like. What kind of new, all right. <laughs> what, sorry, I rammed into my. I think every time we hit our mic, we should say, sorry, Mike. Sorry, sorry Mike. Mike. Uh, sorry. What, um, what kind of New Year's resolution would you make? It would usually be like about my bad habits. Like it'd yes. be like, I'm going to keep my room clean for this long mm -hmm. or. Like that kind of thing. Like, yeah. I'm going to drink more water. Because, I mean, I wrote them when I was like 12. Yeah. I didn't have a ton of things I needed to resolve. <laughs> some 12-year-olds. Well, know. I had some things I needed to resolve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How about you? I, I have never been one for New Year's resolutions. I don't know. Because, like, the new year doesn't feel as new to me as, like, starting a new year of school or starting mm -hmm. summer. Just because, like, that's the yeah. schedule that, like, children are always on. Yeah. You know what some of the most popular New Year's resolutions are? Lose Losing weight. weight. Yeah, that's one of them. Eat healthier, yeah. exercise more, lose weight, 
save money, pay off debt, learn a new skill or hobby, travel more, watch less TV, read more, find a new job, volunteer, start your own business, quit smoking, uh, spend more time with family and friends. Those are it's some of just, the most popular. I think honestly, the reason that they don't get like that they don't that they aren't fulfilled is because it's things people already want to do and they already value these things. Yeah. But just saying like, oh, I'm going to do it just because it's a new year. That's not a reason enough for them to change their habits and yeah. their their mindset. And I'm going to pose something interesting to you because here's the last little bit about New Year's resolutions. And it's in the Middle Ages. Okay. And this is when the knights would take their um, new vow. They would up their vow of chivalry which isn't entirely what we think it to be when we talk about the word sh- chivalry. Chivalry is Are like when doing... you hold a door. <laughs> Maybe. Is it? Maybe. Are what is it for the men? That's usually yeah. what I think of it as. So first of all, they would place their hands on a live or roasted peacock. Okay. It's called the peacock vow is what it was. And they would re-up their chivalry code which was developed in Europe, 1170 to 1220. And here are the basic things of the chivalry code. And they all kind of begin with thou shalt. Okay, so believe in church. Like the Ten Commandments. They are kind of like that, yeah. Believe in church, defend the church, respect all weaknesses and defend weak. Love your country. And it it actually specifically says the country you were born in. Oh, (laughs) Oh, interesting. Um, not recoil before an enemy. Make war against infidel without mercy. Infidel. Mm-hmm. Perform scrupulously thy feudal duties. Never lie, be generous, and be a champion of right and good against injustice and evil. Those are the things of the chivalry code that they would go ahead and up. This reminds me of the Spanish story of the knight Don Quixote. Well, the story of Don Quixote is that he's not a real knight. He's just kind of... He's a goofy guy. He's a goofy guy who thinks he's a knight, and so he ends up doing a lot of goofy things (laughs) that aren't real. Like, he's got, like, a fake helmet, and he's like, I'm going to stop you giants, but they're windmills. It's like stuff, Mm -hmm. like, blunders like that. But the, like, moral of the story is that he has these morals, and then he sticks true to them, which is interesting. Yeah. So here's the difference I see between some of these old where New Year's uh, resolutions came from and where we are today. The big difference in my mind is when we're making these promises and we're taking these codes, that is something that seems more societal. It seems like it is something for the benefit of others or the people we share the, the town with, the earth with, those kinds of things. The list I read to you about the most popular New Year's resolutions today. They're to a lot more personal. They're about they're the self. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's about transforming you And as opposed to your duty, your obligation to uphold certain things for the people you are around continually. It's also interesting because like these transformations that we're talking about, like New Year's resolutions, like 
how we were talking earlier about like impactful um, transformations come with added information and new things you're learning. Yeah. Like New Year's resolutions are just like, they come from nothing. You're just kind of creating them out of thin air. And yeah. then like, they're so personal and they, they're not for any greater cause and they're not from any greater information. So they just kind of <laughs> peter out. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the sound effect you did. With it. It, was nice. it was great. It was good. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> do you ever do, okay, this is still sort of talking about resolutions, but not really. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people have kind of gone from doing resolutions to doing like a word for the year. Have you guys ever done that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I've done that. No, yeah. tell me about that. So it's like you kind of come up with or think of a word that you want to kind of not symbolize, but I guess symbolize for lack of a better word. Like, like what embody? you want your year. Yeah, embody. Thank you. What you want your year mm -hmm. to look like. So, yeah. um, like, yeah, and it can be lots of different things. And I know, so like, I know a lot like of generosity. Like generosity, yeah. Um, or like, I think one year, what did I say? One of mine was like um, peace or like kindness or things. So just kind of like how you want to go through, but yeah, like what Clara said, embody. That very um, much, that though, seems like something that is more relatable to others, mm -hmm. right? It, it seems like that is something that you want to bring to other people, not I want to be 25 pounds thinner or... Well, I guess it depends because yeah. peace, like, you know, so you might be like, I need some peace right here. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. I need to simmer okay. this mess down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and it... I think it's almost like how you, well, I guess it could depend. It could yeah. be how, like generosity would definitely be towards others, right? And that's helping both you and others. But I think some of it um, is a little bit more personal where it's like yeah. looking at how can I be that better person yeah. within mm -hmm. myself. And then obviously it goes out to others. Okay, I guess you were right. So, <laughs> so my question is going to be this. Thank you for saying I was right. By You're the way. I always need that. You're right. I was um, less right. Uh, <laughs> Still right, though. So <laughs> if we are making a New Year's resolution that is more self-involved, are we actually encountering that truly transformative experience does it transform us in the way we're thinking it's going to transform us right why do we make a new year's resolution like the ones most people do it's because they want to transform us we think we'll be better or happier correct mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is it do you become better or happier by making these more self-involved resolutions? Well, honestly, I think it's going to depend on if you are somebody who actually did those things. If you're that 8%, mm -hmm. right, that actually follows through on your resolution, maybe you are somebody who's working but out more. But is it also maybe epistemic? Maybe you are somebody who is traveling more mm -hmm. and reading more. I think that is something that's going to change you if you actually follow through. I think, yeah, it could be a stimulus for change. It might not transform you in the ways that you intend it to, but doing these things mm -hmm. could motivate you to become more aware of yourself and those around you. And then that's or to change. be open to the possibility of true transformation right. mm -hmm. of those fully epistemic transformations and personal transformations where we change our point of view. So 
transformation is not as simple as we think it is. We think, oh, I did this thing and I am transformed. Or we did this and we're transformed. It doesn't work that simply. Yes, at its base core, there is, there is the, the base. There is the base and we add information. We, we add an experience to that base, that formula. And the possibility for transformation exists. But it is only potential until we are open to the changing of a point of view and the understanding that we can't always rationally think our way through and transform ourselves. Because once the transformation happens, we're a different person. And therefore, we can't judge before we go through that experience and change our point of view what is going to be good for us. We can't know that the New Year's resolution that we're setting out to choose to do is the thing we need for the person we'll become after we're transformed. What does this say? I think, in essence, we need to be present in our lives. We need to be in the moments with the people we're around. And we have to understand that the experiences that come rolling towards us, that the experiences that come to us may change us epistemically or be a truly transformative experience. But in order to do that, we also have to be open to changing our point of view. So I, I kind of think that as we embark here on a new year, that the most important thing for us to do is be open. Live in the moment and be open to what is coming. Understand that every experience could change you and be open to changing your point of view. transformation. We have reached the end of our episode. I am Dominic. I'm Jenna. I'm Chloe. And I'm Clara. And we hope you will join us next week. Uh, next week. Wow. We, we it's just pumping these. them out quick. We're going <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Next month when next month's word is gossip. Gossip. Oh my gosh. Do you know I what know. I just heard about? about oh, okay. And what she Don't said. Don't think to of me it too was... quickly. Don't judge it too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe was looking <laughs> right in the camera's eye when she was saying that. Leave your expectations at the door. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. We will see you next month. Bye bye. One Word is a production of BFAC On Air.